The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you should also love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Believe it or not, Sunday homilies can be hard to write sometimes. Not because you don't know what to say, but because there are so many things that can be said, you don't know which one's the right one. And so I'm kind of wrestling with it a lot. And so I was kind of wrestling with this one because indeed there is much that could be said. As I was kind of praying with the, praying with the readings and, and looking at kind of different, different resources and commentaries, reflecting on these things, uh, a phrase, a scripture passage came to mind that was not in any of the readings and it simply wouldn't go away. It was a reference from St. Paul writing to the Corinthians and it said, glorify God in your body. I was like, great. What does that have to do with this? And I began to reflect and the more I continued to reflect, the more it, 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 it remained. It wouldn't, it wouldn't go away. So I simply said, okay, well, Lord, <laughs> we'll see what's happening here. I began to reflect I get, I get a bit more deeply on the gospel passage, kind of going back and, and recognizing that glorify God in your body. Obviously, the Lord was wanting me to focus on the gospel itself, where the Lord very clearly right at the start says the word glorified five times in a very, very short amount of time. I mean, it's just one after the other after the other. It's... It gets your attention, right? The disciples are probably hearing, glorified, glor- glorified, glor- okay, glorified. So something's going to get glorified, Lord. Okay, we're, we understand what you're saying, you know, at least to some degree. There's some, something is about to take place. And they're waiting to see. But it's important for us also to recognize that, that glory and glorification is a very important thing in the sacred scriptures. To behold the glory of the Lord was an incredible thing. It was something that, that brought you to, to sheer awe as God revealed something about himself. It reveals ultimately his presence in some tangible, perceivable way. Especially the most, I guess, the clearest example of glory in the Old Testament was the glory cloud. The cloud which led the disciples, the, the, the Israelites, through the desert. For 40 years, they were led by this cloud, the spirit, you know, the, 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 the reality, the presence of God that would go before them. A cloud at day and at fire at night. It was the glory of the Lord. And this, this pillar, this pillar of fire, this cloud would precede them 
And when they would set up the tabernacle, they would set up the tent where they would meet the Lord, the glory would descend and remain in that place. It was the presence of the Lord. And when the glory was revealed, something else was revealed. Something of, something of God was made manifest to his people, such that the people were able to understand God a little bit more. Think of Moses on the mountain as he went up. He saw the Lord's glory. His face became radiant. He was changed. It was something different. And the people were then relayed a message by this glory. The glory of the Lord is very, very important for us. And this is why Jesus immediately responds. This moment in the gospel is actually, if you think about it, it's probably one of the heaviest in the entire reality of the life of Christ. Because up until this point, Jesus had been looking off. One day my hour will come. One day I will go to the cross. And this is the moment. Like this is it. This is in the midst of the Last Supper, the reading that we hear, and Judas has just left. And Jesus knows he's going to begin the betrayal. The thing I've been waiting for is right now. There's no more escaping it. There's no fleeing from it. It's here. And so he turns to his disciples, the eleven gathered around him, Certainly with a somber mood. And he says, now is the Son of Man to be glorified. He's about to enter into the glory of the cross. But then the Lord also, again, he, can, he speaks of these various glorifications. God is glorified in him. God will also glorify him in himself. God will glorify him at once. And each of these things reveal to us something of the mind of God. Something of the person of God. That the Son of Man is glorified, that he's going to his cross, is a recognition that God's ways are not our ways. As has been said, who among us would suggest that the salvation of the world would happen by the death of God? It seems foolish, and yet such is his will. God is glorified in him. God is glorified, the Father is glorified in the person of the Son, because the Son does what the Father wills. He completes the plan of God by going to the cross. And this is the reality is that when one fulfills the will of God, it shows the power of God and the wisdom of God. It also shows us his love, that his plan is intimately connected to us, a sign of his desire to be with us. God will also glorify him, Christ, in himself. God glorifies Christ in himself. He glorifies, he glorifies himself in, in the reality that, that God's love for us is so powerful and so intense that it, it, it manifests itself in the incarnation so we can be seen. A God who would be off in the sky bringing about our salvation is easy to stay disconnected from that Christ takes on our flesh so we can see his glory, that we can see that he desires to be with us and desires us to be with him in eternity. And lastly, God will glorify him at once. That the cross comes now. But also join to the cross as we pray each Mass. His crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension into glory. All of these things are the vindication that Christ is not just the man who is condemned, but he is also the man who is raised. 
He's the man who saves us. And in showing us all of these things, Christ shows us that God is victorious over all of this. He's victorious over the worst of things in this life. Even there, God is powerful. The cross shows us a great deal about who God is. But there's also an interesting thing in here. And the details of the scripture are, are, they never cease to amaze. I would suggest to you there's also a, a sort of hidden glorification in the gospel that we read. So the, the first part is the reality of you know, God being glorified in the person of Jesus. There are four specific things that Jesus says of glorifications, four different relationships and glorification. And it's interesting to note that then Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm going to go to glorify God by being obedient to his will by going to the cross. Now you love your neighbor. And he didn't just say the word love one time. He said it four times. Just like the four glorifications that Christ would bring about by his cross. So also we glorify God by completing his will, which is first and foremost to love one another. To connect the dots more explicitly, you and I, by the love that we show to one another, make God present. And we don't just make God present, we make God visible, understandable. We show something about God when we show love to one another. When love is exchanged between one person, given, given freely, it doesn't necessarily have to be received even. When love is given freely for a person, oftentimes we see something about God in the midst. This is what I was thinking about last night. And it was just kind of going back through the course of my day. And the things that I had seen and what they had shown me, even in those particular moments, I was thinking about it. Not necessarily in, in, in such clear terms, but... This is what I saw yesterday. Now, y'all know I'm not necessarily always on time. I struggle with that. <laughs> yesterday, I showed up to my niece's graduation party two hours late. <laughs> yep, two hours late. I, had given, I could give you excuses, I can give you reasons, but I was two hours late. And anybody showing up two hours late to a party usually would be met with something like a Glad you finally made it, <laughs> right? Where have you been? How, how was the traffic? Tell us about the traffic. There had to be traffic, right? But rather than I walked in the door and they were, Brent, great to see you. Glad you made it. <laughs> Here's some jambalaya, cakes over there, drinks on the back porch. Sit down and hang out. And it was a recognition that coming into the house, it was an embrace and love despite my lateness. <laughs> They were happy to see me. And how often the Lord is also happy to see us. Even when sometimes we come a little late or infrequently. The Lord always welcomes us. Yesterday in a meeting with a group of families. And during one of the breaks, a father was playing with his child. Who I guess was probably around nine or ten months of age. And the father, you know kind of you know, wrestling, roughhousing with his little child and playing with him. And you could just see the delight in his eyes to play with his son. And how much even more so the Lord delights in playing with us 
and being with us and walking with us. The Father delights in us, his children. At dinner, a mother patient with a child who is having an absolute meltdown in the middle of the busy and loud restaurant, quietly, patiently, responding, not hastily. And how often, whenever I come to the Lord in prayer, and I'm basically pitching a fit when it comes down to it, <laughs> the Lord is patient with me and goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, good. You got out of your system now? Breathe. <laughs> right? The Lord is patient with us in our difficulties and our impatience oftentimes with him and with ourselves and others. Yesterday, walking outside, seeing a neighbor helping a young child with his bike, showing him exactly how to maybe to do something, to, to do it a little bit better, to get better at things, and how the Lord God comes to us and he wants to teach us how to do better at things, how to experience something more of his goodness and to enjoy this life a bit more. Again, in that family, that group of families, hearing about a wife who was carrying extra burdens because her husband was having to carry extra burdens at work, taking care of the kids more by herself, not begrudgingly, but generously. And how often the Lord comes to us and he walks with us and he carries our burdens, just like Simon of Cyrene helped Christ to carry his. He loves us and walks with us. Dinner also with one, a musician, a friend of mine, who drove from one end of the diocese to the other to sing at a, at a, at a, a vigil mass yesterday. Show me how much God is willing to go to great lengths to draw us to himself. Because he wants to be with us. And then wrapping back around to that graduation party. My niece receiving gifts that brought tears to our eyes and, and shock at the generosity of family and friends who had come. All signs of God's love for us poured out in such great abundance and generosity. The love of others shown yesterday showed me much about who the Lord God is. And that was just yesterday. There's much, much more. And this is the reality is that this is what we're called to be. This is what we're called to do. We're called to glorify God in our body. To show God. To show something about God. To make God manifest. To make God present by loving our neighbor. When they show up late, when it's good to see them, when things are hard, when they're impatient or we are impatient, so many other things, to love them, to desire their good, to receive them warmly as Christ has received us. This is what God desires of us, that God will be glorified in us. So this is what we ask the Lord this week to help us to recognize that when others show us love, to see that the Lord is working there in the midst, to see what God is doing through that person, but also to recognize what God has done for us in so many other ways and those ways that love has been shown to us and to try to do the same to them, to everyone around us in large ways, but most often in small ones, to show love to glorify God in our bodies.